0: Interstate Batteries has been a proud supporter of the Sportsman's Nation since day one. With over 200,000 locations throughout the U.S. and offering 12,000 different types of batteries, stop into your local Interstate Battery store today and let them help you find the right batteries for your everyday life.
1: Welcome to the Transition Wild Podcast, brought to you by Expedition Archery. I'm your host, Adam Parr, and you're listening to episode number 42, where we cover spring bear hunting with Jason Sybil. Hello, and thanks again for tuning in to the Transition Wild Podcast, the number one source for Western big game hunting. I appreciate all you guys for tuning in, listening week after week. It's much, much appreciated. Well, spring is here, I'm I'm out on the mountains, shed hunting, having a good time, putting some miles on, really shaking that cabin fever, so it feels good, uh, it's, it's warming up, I'm getting some exercise, I'm getting my fat butt in shape <laughs> for this year's elk season coming up. And another exciting thing, I got my new bow in the mail from Expedition Archery, who is the title sponsor of the podcast. So it's pretty exciting. I got the Mako X pretty, pretty sweet bow, and I'm excited to get that thing set up. It's just sitting in the box at the moment, uh, which is not good. But where I'm at in Colorado, the archery shops are kind of few and far between where I live right now, and, and I've got a really good uh tech who who's up in steamboat springs colorado and i i I swear by him he's the man jake bell shout out to you uh so i gotta get my bow up to him and he's gonna he's gonna get me set up and you know everything dialed in for me so i cannot wait to start shooting that bow and 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 stay tuned for more information to come on those guys because um you know i'm gonna be posting some video reviews some blog reviews uh you know lots of cool content coming down the pipe from these guys and uh, i'm just excited about that so i got to get my bow set up if i can get that set up in time maybe i'll i'll uh, chase some spring gobblers with it i think colorado season goes towards the end of may so i i definitely have a little bit of time there but the the clock is ticking um speaking of springtime you know colorado archery elk season is just around the corner if you go to transition wild Subscribe, I will send you the Colorado Beginner Elk Hunting Guide for free. It's essentially a 10-page guide that walks you through season dates, scouting, gear, draws, everything you need to know about hunting elk in Colorado. So, uh, again, go to transitionwild.com, subscribe, I will send you that for free. All right, speaking, again, a spring time and getting warm and and the weather changing the snow melting today's episode we have Jason Sybil and he is a bear hunting fool he walks us through everything from you know again myself I've never spring bear hunted before uh, you know so that's new to me but he walks us through like scouting and and figuring him out and what he does to prepare for the season. We talk about, you know, glassing and and strategies and and tactics. He offers some insight on getting access to private land and how he goes about that. So really, really cool stuff. He's killed some great bears with a bow and rifle. Um, He hunts in Montana. So this would apply to the West and hunting in the mountains, um, Idaho or wherever you're at. So it's pretty cool stuff. I learned a lot So let's not wait any longer, let's get Jason Sybil on the line. Before we begin, today's episode is brought to you by Expedition Archery, manufacturer of the world's finest archery experience. Expedition bows combine aerospace level quality, innovative designs, and a fluid feel serious hunters demand. Test drive one today at your nearest archery retailer and view their full lineup at expeditionarchery.com. Why settle for status quo when opportunity and adventure awaits? Make your next hunt an expedition. All right, on the line with us now, we have Jason Sybil from Montana. How's it going today, Jason?
0: Hey, it's great. Uh, I'm doing awesome here.
1: Um, like I mentioned earlier to you, yeah,
0: we got uh, a little bit of snow on the ground, and uh perfect for... Uh, Tracking some bears.
1: <laughs> nice, yeah. That I, I didn't even think about that, but that's also uh, a good good use for a little bit of snow. You get a, a little intel there on on where they're at currently. That's uh, <laughs> that's a plus to the snow.
0: <laughs> yeah, I don't know how long it'll last, but uh, I'm sure it's going to be short lived.
1: Yeah, yeah, for sure. So, um, so what have you been up to this spring? Have you you've been doing some shed hunting any turkey hunting scouting what, what what's kind of your spring entail
0: yeah it's been to be honest it's been crazy i've had this is probably one of the busiest springs i've had um everything like you said from shed hunting to uh turkey hunting we've we've done a little bit of scouting for bears actually already um and then uh just the the shed hunting part of the year started off pretty early um i think most states um as far as the deer they started dropping pretty early, so we started in late December is when we started finding sheds, and then we're kind of fishing up our elk season as far as sheds. And there's still quite a few that are packing, packing their horns, but uh, for the most part, they're done, and then um, kind of hanging out with the turkeys. We've uh, we've been on a few turkeys, and it's been a pretty successful year so far
1: nice that's always fun um, I'm jealous of you being able to shed hunt all winter because in Colorado we have the shed restrictions from January 1st to May 1st so I'm uh opening day for us here just in a a couple days and I'm chomping at the bit to get on the mountain
0: (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah they've, they've uh proposed that idea here and I don't know if it's gonna gonna pass or not um you know it's got it's got its upsides but um, we'll see if that ever happens I, I don't. i think that'll be a ways down the road but um hopefully you get out and you uh find a few sheds there you're gonna be elk or deer for you
1: uh kind of both there's there's some spots i know is pretty good for mule deer and and then there's some spots that i've been kind of watching some groups of bulls and hopefully i can get out there before anybody else does and uh maybe i'll find a couple i'd I'm not uh, I'm not a shed hunting guru by any means, but I, I just enjoy getting out, especially after this winter. Everything's been snowed in and socked in with a heavy winter. It's just you know I'm just looking forward to kind of getting out and getting some exercise. It'll be fun.
0: Yeah, excellent. That's a it's a, a good way to scout for everything as well. That's, that's the that's the biggest benefit I think of shed hunting is is uh, it's, it's it's definitely a bonus to find you know what you're looking for, but. Uh, it's for me. It's mostly about scouting, really.
1: Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. So, um, Jason, obviously, you and I know each other uh, through. Uh, well, for everybody listening, uh, Jason has a quiet cat, and um, you know he's he's been using it for a couple of years now, and that's how I originally linked up with Jason. And uh, let's see, a couple, two, three weeks ago, I saw. Uh, I think it was on Exo Mountain Gears Instagram page. They'd post a photo of you with some bear and uh you know spring bear hunting i was like oh i know jason i should uh i should get him on the podcast to talk about spring bears so here we are
0: <laughs> yeah yeah That uh that was uh that one actually there i can't remember exactly what picture um there was a few i believe but um, i think that one was i'm trying to think that might have been the alaska fall trip on that okay. one it could have been it could have been it could have been a montana spring i'd have to look at the picture again but um yeah, either way, it, uh, that's 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 how we ended up meeting, or I guess getting to know each other, really.
1: Yeah, yeah, for sure. And um, obviously, I want to get into the spring bear hunting and, and all that stuff here in a second, but um, I guess just give us your background. Are, are you originally from Montana? Where'd you grow up? Maybe how you got into hunting? Um, give us a little background on, on, on yourself, Jason.
0: Sure, yeah. No, I'm... I'm from here, in Montana, um, the Northwestern part of the state or pretty close to the Northwest part of the state, um, mountainous, you know, the Rockies in that area and had lived in that portion of Montana most of my life. And, uh, and now I'm down here in Southeast Montana. It's, it's a, definitely a change to go from there to here, the gumbo flats of Southeastern Montana, but I think it was for the better, um, but uh, yeah, I know I got into hunting at an early age, really early, like most probably, but um, four or five years old this is probably my earliest I can remember going out, brother and father, and uh, and I think, um, actually I know the first time I had ever really hunted, well I was eight, and we went to Northern California for gray squirrels, so that kind of kicked it all off for me there, uh, with the 410 shotgun, nice. I was hooked, and from, and from there I just kind of uh, went off, and, and like I said, my, my father introduced me, but the one who's kind of tucked me under the wing was my brother. He, uh, Him and I have just from an early age traveled all over, um, going up to Alaska and Canada and, and all over the U.S., really um, starting in just, I mean, 14, 15, a couple of young kids traveling all over. And uh, it's just kind of continued ever since. And so now I'm down here in southeast Montana, and I did live in Alaska for a few years. Uh, I lived up uh, in North of Anchorage, Wasilla Eagle River area for a little bit and uh, for five, six years and came back down here and, and this is where I'm at still.
1: Nice, nice. So, why why the change from kind of northern Montana to, to southeast? What kind of, you know, uh, made that change come about?
0: Uh, part of it was to try something different and then job, career, family. I'm just kind of moved around, um, never really spent any time down here. And I had an opportunity to come down and, uh, at first I kind of regretted it. And it just, it it didn't interest me at all. And once I was down here and spent a full year in this part of the state, I realized i probably would never head back to the Western part of the state. And it's, it's mainly only for the hunting and fishing. It's, uh, it's, I, I think it's, it's just better down
1: here to be honest
0: for, for, pretty much
1: everything so
0: I I think this is where I'll be I'll be for a while
1: nice nice yeah I uh I've always wanted to do like a mule deer hunt in kind of the eastern plains of Montana I think it takes a couple points for non-resident but I've had another guest on the podcast and and he talked about doing that hunt and and he had a blast doing it lots of good good mule deer and you know maybe no giants in, in a lot of areas but you know it's a it's a good way for you to get your feet wet with spot and stock muleys. and and he said it's just a lot of fun so hopefully i can make that happen in a couple of years
0: yeah you know you probably i i'm pretty sure actually i'm almost positive that is an over the counter non resident tag oh really um that you can yeah that you can purchase you can purchase the deer elk combo or you can just uh, get the deer tag and that's the beauty about southeast montana or eastern montana is the the amount of public land um you really can't just get lost i mean you can just go and if, if you put in the time yeah there's some big deer down here it might not be like it used to be but it uh it's worth coming over and checking out especially if you're uh if you're a non-resident it's it's got its opportunities for sure
1: nice nice well, that's cool. Well, let's um, let's let's transition over to the to the spring bear hunting and and talk a little bit about that. I mean, um, so so have you? I know you've hunted spring bear uh, for a while, and and that and you've only done that in Montana. Is that correct?
0: Uh, for the most part, yeah, Montana. I've spent a little time um, with others in Alaska for spring. I have quite a bit in the fall, but. Um, mostly, yeah, we'll just stick with the Montana. It's as far as spring goes. Um, that's usually where we concentrate the most
1: in the state. Got it. Got it. Now you, do you prefer archery or, or, or gun or a little bit of both? Or what do you, what do you usually go after them with?
0: You know, uh, definitely archery. Um, it's mostly archery. There have been times where you know, you're just struggling it's late in the year, you, you know, how it goes. You got to kind of fall back on that rifle. Not that there's anything wrong with <laughs> taking a rifle, you know, but, uh, there's just, there's that element, you know, with, with archery hunting. And, and that's, that's definitely what I prefer. Um, not to say that I haven't taken bears, you know, with a rifle, but definitely, definitely archery.
1: Got it. Got it. Yeah. That seems like it'd be pretty intense. I mean, um, I know we're, we're kind of focused more along, uh, the lines of of black bear because you can't hunt grizzlies here in in the lower 48 but um, have you ever had any encounters with with any grizzlies in the backcountry while bear hunting or or maybe uh elk or mule deer hunting before in the past yeah the uh yeah, yeah me and uh, honestly grizzlies and and i just don't
0: get along never have doesn't <laughs> <laughs> and it doesn't matter which state i'm in oh that Every year it seems, and and lately I've kind of been avoiding um, areas that uh, tend to be, you know, higher concentration of grizzlies. And usually when you're in those grizzly areas, um, you, you find a lot less black bear. They're just they're not at, you know, they're just not as concentrated, I guess. Okay. Um, in those areas. And yeah, I've, I've definitely had some run-ins. Um, it, it, whether it's elk hunting, this last moose trip in Alaska, I mean, we had two problems problem bears and in Alaska. Usually they're not, you know, it's they're different than the lower than the lower 48 bears. They, in Alaska, they don't want nothing to do with you. Um, they usually avoid people at all costs and down here. I mean, as you're probably well aware of, they don't really have any threat or, or you know, there's no threat to them as far yeah. as from hunters. And, uh, they just, it seems like they've got a bad attitude down here and, and that Ennis alder area, South of Bozeman or Southwest, I guess, of Bozeman, um a place if if you want to have some sort of grizzly encounter that's where you go <laughs> it doesn't yeah. matter if you're bear, if you're black bear hunting or elk hunting you're gonna run into them over there and it's uh they're never fun ever
1: yeah that's uh you know it makes sense i mean because i mean in areas where they do get hunted or where they see humans as a threat i would imagine they're not as aggressive as aggressive but yeah here in the states i mean yeah, there's nothing that they, – they've never seen a human as a as a threat necessarily because they've never been hunted, and, uh, you know, who else is going to go after them? So, I mean, I can understand why they would be a bit of a problem, and it makes it pretty intense and, and scary at the same time, I would imagine.
0: Oh, yeah, that's just
1: it. And like I said, up, up –
0: not to get off the Montana, but up in Alaska there this last year, we've never really worried about bears. Um, I mean, it's just – you know across your mind but you never you never have issues and this last year we did we had we had two one was an adolescent grizzly which are the ones that you know that teenager they've kind of got that bad attitude
1: yeah um
0: but those two bears up there they uh they had us on edge for about 10 days and then but down here yeah um elk hunting like i said that southwestern part of the state um that's usually where you hear most people having you know, the encounters with the grizzlies or the attacks. And that's, uh, that's where we've always had issues. And, and so I don't really spend any time over there as far as bear hunting anymore. We, we kind of concentrate more of the, uh, Western part, Northwest or central Western part of the state, which there's still grizzly in there. It's just not like it is the Southwestern part of the state, but
1: yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. So spring bears for like, I've, I've never went bear hunting before at least in the spring i've carried a bat bear tag with me a few times during the colorado like kind of archery season uh september never never shot one before but um you know today's episode we're kind of talking about more of the spring bear hunting and um you know for myself and just maybe somebody just getting started where how do you begin the process i mean are, what do you do to kind of you know scout are you are you using google earth onyx kind of starting there and then kind of defining some areas and then going into the field i guess walk us through your process of kind of getting started with spring bear hunting and scouting
0: well i'd, I'd probably have to take a step back and think of whenever i really first started and things have changed from when i started you know 20 some years ago i guess as far as technology i mean like yeah. you said onyx maps yeah it's changed the way everybody hunts, whether that's elk or deer or bear. But, uh, you know, for me, when it comes to scouting, if, if I was just getting into it, um, you know, there's a lot of bad info out there on, on forums online, but there's also a lot of good info. And bears, bear hunting, I don't think, is it's quite a bit different than elk as far as people, when it comes to elk and deer hunting, they, you know, everybody's kind of hush-hush, big secret. Bears, it's like people just, they'll give you the info yeah and um and your local your regional office to your fish and game or fish wildlife uh, offices they they can tell you um areas especially problem bears i mean there's a lot of problem black bears and for me if i'm just starting off i'll make a few phone calls and i still do this but i'll, I'll make a few phone calls to uh the uh fwp regional offices um get online on say rock slide that's still a pretty good uh a resource for, um, hunting, especially bear hunting. And then, uh, I do a lot of scouting. I, I, I'm, I, you know, I stick with the onyx, but I'm kind of old school. I like to to put in the miles and even, even in areas that I haven't really been to, um, I just, I'll take a, I'll take an old forest road and just hike. Um, and that opens up so many, I mean, not just for bears, but when you're in there scouting for bears, you're, you're locating, you know, you're pre elk scouting, you know, essentially, I mean, deer, but that's, that's what I like to do. And I like to concentrate on areas that are known for their, you know, black bears, specifically high concentration of black bears. Cause there are areas in the state that have quotas. And usually if you get to a quota area, there's just not, you know, there's not, there's not the numbers. Yeah. But, uh, um, yeah. Your best bet is, um, is the Western part, of, specifically of Montana, um, the Western part of the state and, uh, people people give you info when it comes to
1: bears especially um nice uh, yeah i think uh, i think forums are yeah really a really good thing but also like you said calling the state game agency and talking to them about certain units or you know i know here in colorado uh for example i mean they're I feel like we should have a spring bear season one, but two for their fall season, they're, they're lowering the non-resident tags down to like a hundred bucks a tag just because they know that black bears are on the rise and, and they're getting to a point where they're becoming overpopulated. So yeah, talking to your fishing and game and, and seeing, Hey, maybe what units or what areas specifically do not have quotas and have higher concentrations and numbers. I think that's really smart
0: yeah and you know what we had done about ten years ago i would right around there was we just decided to go on a road trip um We picked a spot it was over by Missoula, which is i mean it's it's known for its black bear hunting, but we picked a location over there and just started driving on some of the old or oh some the old the uh county roads and uh knocking on houses you know we we had the onyx map out and we could see who had um, you know, the most lamb, I guess you'd call it. And we just started knocking on doors, you know, asking people if they had, uh, seen any black bears. And surprisingly, there were quite a few, uh, ranches out there or just not even ranches, just landowners that, and they had problem bears. And, um, we started hunting areas like that. And, you know, they, they'd tell you where they, where they were seeing these bears, um, what time they were coming in, um, if they had cubs, if, you know, if it was a sour or a boar. And that was probably our best info and that that opened a lot of doors for us and uh um like i said the landowners and ranchers over there they will absolutely tell you when it comes to bears um what they've been seeing and where they're at and that helped that helped tremendously really
1: nice now did did you ever get access to hunt some of those private ranches or were you just kind of oh, hunting yeah. the public land surrounding them
0: no the access that's yeah the access is oh wow great when it comes to bears like i said the if you were to knock on them the same doors and ask for elk or deer, mm, probably <laughs> yeah. not. But when it comes to the bears, they uh, yeah, no, they were all for bear hunting. It's it's funny, and a lot of the big ranches that don't uh, don't usually allow any hunting, they they will uh, they allow black bear hunting for sure. And that, wow, and and it's it, it actually is a little better than just the public land. Even though the you know the public land that borders their private had the same you know population of bears, it's just. You probably didn't run into quite as many hunters, I'd say.
1: Yeah, no, that makes it makes a lot of sense. That's really really cool that you brought that up. And and uh, yeah, it's like it's a it's a predator management tool. And and um, you know these farmers and ranchers, it's livestock at stake. And and you know coming around places they probably shouldn't so yeah i can see why they'd give you a free range there and and when it comes to private land um sometimes yeah the hunting certainly is better in a lot of cases but you know the access to certain areas and even getting into some tough to reach public is uh pretty nice through some of the private stuff so that's pretty neat really cool
0: yeah absolutely and and back on that keep on that for a sec the uh a a lot of the ranchers you know they've got it's a big one a big one over here for some of us bear hunters but um water tanks are your friend when it comes to uh bear hunting <laughs> in, in uh certain parts of the state especially the south southern part here um you can go you know trying to chase bears through uh through, you know miles and miles of timber and whatever and but if you can locate a ranch that has bears that uh and they've got a water tank it's almost a given, um, blinds, blinds and tree stands work great over here. Cause you know, we can't, we can't use bait piles or anything like that, but, uh, you can sure sit over a water tank and that, uh, <laughs> that'll usually produce bear if they've got one in the area.
1: That is funny that you bring that up. That's a, that's a really good point. Cause I put trail camera picture or trail cameras up on water tanks, last uh last summer and into fall at my girlfriend's uh dad's ranch and it was crazy the black bears use that thing like a freaking uh hot tub (laughs) like they're bathing in it they got their (laughs) arms on the side they're scratching their head it's just it's a magnet literally i mean if i hung a tree stand over one of those water tanks i guarantee i could kill a bear it's pretty crazy
0: (laughs) oh yeah for sure it wouldn't take long either and uh and our springs here can get i mean we've had springs too where they get it gets pretty warm quick and uh in late may and it's it's uh you it's a good way to get a bear for sure i I didn't know did you say colorado doesn't have a spring bear season
1: we don't have a spring bear season they they used to i want to say it was like in the 90s or early 2000s but no longer it's only fall
0: oh i didn't know that
1: yeah it's it's kind of a bummer you know it's like at least for me, I mean, um, you know, like in the fall I'm concentrated on deer and, and elk, and I just kind of keep a bear tag in my pocket just in case. But in the spring, like, (laughs) you know, I'm shed hunting and, and I'm into turkeys, but not a whole lot, but I would, I would totally be down just to go out and hunt, you know, and actually do a big game hunt in the spring and go after bears and, obviously there's a problem with them they're on the rise that's why they're lowering tag costs and making everything over the counter so it's like a spring bear season just makes sense i just wish they would enact that that'd be pretty cool yeah
0: yeah no kidding well don't forget you know montana's only a couple states north of you, so, uh, <laughs> there's, there's, lots, there's
1: lots of bears up here yeah for sure i'll have to i'll have to do that it's on the bucket list for sure um so so what uh so you knock on doors you, you're 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 looking on forums. You're, um, you know, gaining intel maybe from fish and game, and just seeing where specific units or high in con- higher concentration of bears would be. But then um, you mentioned boots on the ground and and getting out there and scouting. What specifically are you doing? Are you just riding a bunch of roads and glassing? Are you lurking on certain facing slopes, like south-facing slopes that hold more food or water? Kind of walk us through what type of terrain you're looking for and, and kind of where you're going.
0: Yeah, absolutely, and you nailed it. I, I, it Google, Google Maps, or for sure Google Earth, You know, it, it lets you see things, obviously, you can't see from the ground. But um, just like you said, and I think when bears come out of hibernation in the springtime, I think they're a lot more predictable than in the fall. And like you said, food is food is their first and foremost, I guess, yeah. and then <laughs> uh, the mating season. And then then they, they kind of kick off into the rut a little bit later on, but as far as when they first come out, they're they are hungry and like you said, if you're in the western part of the state of Montana, the south uh, south-facing slopes, they uh, it's the first place to green up. Um First place that uh, usually has bears. And I've spent a lot of time looking in other areas in the mountains. And it's almost a given. You know, if you can find a clear cut, a meadow, you know, a big ravine. If you can get on the opposite side and and just glass. And for me, that's a big one. That's, you know, I like to do a lot of hiking. But if I'm going into an area, say I took a forest uh, road or a logging road or whatever it may be. And I go to an area and I start finding bear scat from the get go or any at all. I'll spend days and days and days in there just glassing um clear cuts and, and uh, you know openings. It's usually and especially in Montana here, it's a lot of times you're still hiking through snow just to get into those areas. And the only places that don't have snow are those south slopes. Yeah. So that's if you're the only place that's got any food, um usually not not always, but um usually and If if you put in some time, there's been times where I've camped, you know, five days and I haven't moved just because I had seen bear droppings in there or going in there or bear sign, and I was just determined, you know, you you know that's the only area that's got any kind of food, um, big open meadow, clear cut, and they will, you'll find them. You just got to put the time in, and and that's what we usually do.
1: Well, what, yeah. what are they eating specifically? I mean, are they eating like leftover berries, grass, uh, bugs? Like what are they eating exactly on those South facing slopes?
0: You know, I should know a little more about <laughs> what they're eating, but I would just, what we see them eating is just grass. That that nice, those nice sprouts that are popping up, um, the nice green sprouts. And then you see them digging for bugs. They're either pulling up all the mold stumps and those clear cuts. And I would imagine that's, Pretty much what they're focused on are the bugs, the grubs, and the fresh sprouts that are coming up.
1: Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Now, uh, do you find any concentration of, like, I know I know, you mentioned, like, clear cuts, but, like, is that, like, kind of... Do you see them in, like, aspens, or is it more open, or is it kind of mixed a little bit, or is it just kind of vary?
0: Well, we don't really have as many aspens over here. Um, it's not, like, not really, like, Colorado. I think that's what you guys... Yeah, majority of what you have and i could be wrong but here it's just the pine trees um pretty much everywhere to be honest and um, unless you get down southern part of the state it changes a little bit but yeah for the most part it's all pine and uh and they're in a lot of those areas that just don't um don't have the timber on certain sides of the ridges for whatever reason even on the areas that aren't from clear cuts but or from logging um it, That's usually where we end up concentrating on our on our hunts for bear are those those clear-cut areas and then there's some pretty big valleys you get down the lower elevation those valleys for whatever reason um, don't have a whole lot of trees and those bears will come down into the valleys and kind of get down into the ranch houses and and that kind of area and uh, you'll see them bears pop out and uh, go through that tall grass and and start feeding in there uh, as far as coming right out of spring or right out of hibernation Usually produces bears in there.
1: Got it, got it. Now, do you find that like morning or evening time periods are better as far as activity and movement? Or is it better in the midday because it's had a chance to warm up? Um kind of what are you seeing when you're glassing and, and as far as typical daytime movement?
0: You you know, for me it's uh it's early spring when they're like I said, just coming out of when they're hungry, coming out of hibernation it seems that it's morning and maybe mid-afternoon I I seem to do the best as far as spotting bears when you get a little bit later on into the year um, they're you know they're out cruising you know that rut kind of kicks in it's any time honestly then it's just it doesn't matter um, morning afternoon but uh, yeah it's usually morning but like I said all these bears will they'll get up and mosey around even a little bit and a lot of times they'll lay in these clear cuts and you won't see them and it it can be any time of day and as long as you just stay there all day you know 10-12 hours glassing um, you'll see one get up and kind of move around a little bit and it's a bear that you just you overlook for hours that was just right there so honestly when it comes to looking at any particular part of the day it's it's all day really I'll, i'll stay out and glass all day
1: Got it. Got it. And I know you mentioned like, yeah, you will stay, stay in a spot if you if you find the sign, if you're seeing tracks or seeing scat. Um, but what if you go into an area, you're not seeing it, do you just kind of jump from, you know, ridge line to ridge line and just kind of looking into those next basins and just glassing and keep moving? Or what's your tactic there?
0: Yeah, you know, somebody had asked me that the other day. And um, there have been times where I've, we've taken, you know, trails, you mentioned trails or I mentioned, or logging roads or trails earlier, but you get on those trails or logging roads and bears are no different than us. You know, they they don't want to walk through the thick stuff. And there have been times where, you know, you've gone in four or five, six miles on a trail and you haven't seen any, any bear sign, anything. And, you know, a lot of times we'll spend a day or two in there, but you know, it's, it's a, if we don't see anything hidden in, we'll we'll usually pack out, and it could be for other reasons. You know, maybe there's maybe you're in grizzly country. There's grizzlies in there, and the black bears just aren't aren't in there. But um, yeah, no, we don't concentrate a whole lot on areas if we don't see any kind of bear sign. Maybe a day or two, but um, yeah, that's a good point. We will relocate for sure.
1: Got it, got it. Yeah, the the logging roads too. I've I've seen some videos. Um, I don't know if it's on YouTube or just cruising the internet somewhere but you know people actually stalking up or getting closer to bears that were kind of they pop out onto a logging road and they kind of walk down the the logging road and and uh, they just kind of sneak up to them that way and I thought that was pretty interesting because you know it's like it makes sense I mean they're they're using the path of least resistance and they're lazy and they're trying to conserve energy so they're going to use those roads so it seems like a good kind of fail safe if you're not finding them maybe check some of those roads and see if there's any tracks there.
0: Yeah, exactly and and it seems like every time we end up taking a bear, it's never <laughs> it's never on a road though. It's <laughs> the new absolute worst uh like canyon on the opposite side. Uh, but yeah, no definitely. Um I I'm not so sure I've ever found any bears or got into any bears if we've had to take a, a a trail or a log and rode into a location and hadn't seen any bear sign. If we've actually located bears before without seeing the sign. But now that I think about it, I, I think usually if we end up taking a bear, it's because there was bear sign in the area. And yeah. Thinking that, uh, it might be the opposite. So yeah, I, uh, yeah, we don't spend a whole lot of time in an area. If we don't see any
1: bear sign, we at least give
0: it a day or two, but other than that, it, uh, we'll pack up and relocate.
1: Got it. Got it. Now, as, as far as, you know, elk and deer and everything with a bow, I mean, you got to be, you got to be stealthy. You got to, you know, the wind is key, uh, movement's key, all, sound, all that stuff. But when it comes to bears, like, what, what, what are the differences or similarities? I mean, do they, I obviously their nose is, is spot on, but you know, how's their vision? How's their hearing? Can you get away with a little bit more um, comparatively to an elk or a deer or is it about the same? What are your thoughts on that?
0: Uh, no, actually I would say you had it. It uh, bears kind of get a bad rap a lot of times for
1: poor vision and,
0: and, <laughs> but I've been busted a few times, uh, you know, by being spotted and uh, that's a couple locations in Alaska, just trying to creep up and, and sneak up to a bear. Um, and I have been, they've spotted me before for, that's for sure. But yeah, you're right. I mean, you can get away um, with a lot more when it comes to bears, their, uh, their nose though, it's, it's no different than an elk. And that's what usually ends up getting us, you know, you can, you can get away with the noise a little bit and uh, as far as their vision, but w- when it comes to their nose, that's usually what ends up getting us. I would say it's considerably better than an elk. That's for sure.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. That makes sense. So, um, rifles kind of a different story just because, yeah, you might be able to take a two, 300 yard shot, but when it comes to archery, um, let's say you, let's say you spotted a bear across a Canyon. Um, I guess what's, what's your move. I, I mean, are you beelining it right towards him? Are you trying to go around and get above him and um you know making a plan that way are you stalking in are you waiting for him to move and walk past you i know there's a whole bunch of different scenarios but like what's your ideal scenario to locate a bear and then how are you moving into bow range
0: you know honestly um that happened to us last year is we had located a bear that was it was across uh, a canyon and First and foremost was the wind, and that wind is constantly changing. You know, as you know, I yep. was there in Colorado. But it was just like over here. You know, the day would warm up and the air would start to come up and vice versa, you know, in the evening. And we had watched the bear for four or five hours just waiting for that, you know, that wind to change because we knew if we had boogered him out of there, we probably would never see that bear again. So we waited, and, uh, and I don't think it really matters if you come in from – you know, from the top or the bottom there, but uh, on this particular bear was good. We came in from the top and uh, waited for that wind for, like I said, four or five hours. And he was feeding. This bear was actually feeding. And I have speaking of, you know, the best time to stock up on a bear, uh, a bedded, a <laughs> bedded black bear for me is very challenging. I don't know if you know you picture him laying there being kind of lazy and not paying attention, but um Anytime I've ruined a stock, it's been on a bedded or sleeping black bear. But this particular bear was—he was feeding, and we waited, like I said, four or five hours, or three or four hours, whatever—and came in from the top. And he kind of just fed right to us, and we had the wind in our favor. And uh, he actually ended up coming in, I think, about 35 yards, and I mean, it worked out perfectly for that for that particular bear. But like I said, if the wind would change at all, and I've watched these bears too—if if they wind you, it's they're almost like an elk, you know. They don't just—at least the ones we've experienced—they don't just run four or five hundred yards. It seems like they go to the next. 10, <laughs> so.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, that's always the conundrum too. Like with me, uh, as far as like deer or elk, it's like, all right, I know they're feeding or they're bedded, and you know maybe I could just wait them out. But um, you're kind of ta- you're kind of in a you know, rocking a hard place trying to determine if you want to stock in on them or if you want to wait them out, but then you risk the wind changing or them moving the other (laughs) direction. So it's like, ah, it's so tough. I imagine it's got to be very frustrating sometimes.
0: (laughs) Well, that's the bit too. And like I said, on this particular bear, we thought about, you know, um, if we wait too long, is that wind going to change if we don't, you know, if, if we don't go at that particular time, you know, um, you know, is that bear gonna feed in the in the direction that we think he was gonna be? And it's just like anything, uh, you gotta have a lot of luck on your side, and and we did that, you know, that particular day. But um, for me, like I said, I don't know, and I know others have had great success at it. But it, if there's a black bear and he's snuggled up to a tree and he's sleeping <laughs> or whatever, I just cannot get in close enough. I always end up boogering him out of there. So I I wait till they're moving around a little bit.
1: Got it. Got it, that makes sense now on on like a week bear hunt, let's say it's like a five or six day bear hunt um you might go on like what's for a for a decent or a, a good area that has you know good numbers of black bear um uh, what's realistic as far as like what you're seeing? I mean, are you seeing maybe like one bear a day? are you going days without seeing a bear? are you seeing multiple a day like what's that typically look like
0: well you know we usually try to go for between 5 and 8 days if we're going on a bear hunt and realistically and we'll just say 8 on an 8 day hunt you'll see one one bear one boar i guess one shooter bear out of the 8 days um you'll probably see a sow with some cubs here and there or maybe a, a an adolescent you know a really young black bear but honestly it's the black bear hunting's great too. Don't get me wrong, but one one shooter bear, I would say, in in a week's time. So, I got to really make it count. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's and I know there's other states that are probably you know better, and but here, yeah, it's if you do locate. And that's why a lot of people hunt rifles as well. Hunt with a rifle just because you might only get that one opportunity at you know a mature uh, black bear.
1: Yeah, that makes sense. And it, um you mentioned sow with cubs. Is it illegal to shoot a sow or 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 any bear uh legal?
0: Well, you know, it's it's not, but if you if it's known to have cubs, you can't shoot it.
1: Okay. So, Got it.
0: You know, if you definitely. And I mean, I think for the most part, even if there wasn't a regulation on that, you know, people wouldn't and, you know and things happen you know i mean i've, I've heard of people shooting sows before but um usually if you wait them out and watch for a while you can tell and there's there's some you know differences between the two that if you've, if you've seen enough you can you can usually tell the difference but but not always especially when you're especially when you locate a bear that's seven eight nine hundred yards away that that gets pretty challenging
1: yeah yeah i bet now um i imagine probably some good glass and And maybe a spotting scope come into play there is is that something that you put uh put a lot of money into or you know put on the you know higher end of things as far as your gear is is good quality glass
0: yep for me glass is absolute number one and you know i uh in the last couple years though i've quit uh i used to pack around you know your normal 10 by 42 binoculars and then um, i've got a big Uh, ATX Swaro ATX 95 spotter that I was taking just everywhere and it's it's heavy you know you have it on your back you know and for bear you you just don't need it um for everything else you know if you're out there trying to find antler tips thousand yards away great but as far as bear hunting what I've done in the last four or five years is I've gotten rid of the I didn't get rid of them I just quit taking them but I have left the spotter at home and the ten by forty twos and strictly went to a fifteen fifty six binocular and there's a couple out there that are just absolutely great. But um for me that mounted or mated with a tripod is it's just it's as good as it gets. You're saving some weight by not packing both. That's a little bit heavier than, you know, your ten by forty twos, but when it comes to trying to distinguish if, you know, it's a boar or a sow, you know, eight, nine hundred yards away, it's 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 perfect. It's, and, and the 1556, they're not so, you know, as far as magnification, you know, they work just fine in mountainous areas. Some people think that's maybe a little too much, too much power for uh, timbered areas. But yeah, remember though, you're not looking in timbered areas, you're glassing across ridges and in, in these open clear cuts. So it, I think they work great. And yeah. Better option.
1: Yeah, that makes total sense. I I think I'm running a, a you know one step down uh, from what from what you do. I I run a 12 by 50 binocular, and yeah, it's kind of like a happy medium where it reaches out there, um, you know, quite a long ways, and it's going to give you a good idea what you're looking at. Um, but it's not so small that you know you're you're limited in certain areas. It's kind of just a good all around. Um, I don't necessarily need a spotter, but you know uh, I can kind of kind of save weight and run it on a tripod and it's also for at least the 12 by 50s I can at least still freehand it pretty comfortably and and still have a steady vision there so um yeah it's kind of a kind of happy medium like you said and I'm kind of running a similar setup not quite as powerful but pretty similar
0: yeah and I think twelve fifties are just as good Um yeah I don't think there's any issue with that at all I I just I had a couple of 10 by 40s and I just decided to just take one step higher. The 12s were, they're kind of close to the 10 power for me, but um, yeah, no, either way, they they were great. Anything you
1: know mounted to a tripod is so much better. Oh yeah, so
0: you can just pick everything apart then
1: for sure for sure now what's what's your archery setup look like for for bear hunting is it any different than your elk or deer are you changing broadheads you change in arrow weight like what's what's that look like
0: you know i i actually try to keep everything consistent um you know i i believe that uh well an elk i don't think is any different than a bear they're a big animal they're strong you know there there's a lot there um but no i uh I like fast and heavy, you know, it's, I, 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 shoot the, uh, what I think would be the fastest bow I can get my hands on and the heaviest arrow because it's, you know, they're not going to be cruising out that, that fast, but I try to stick that 500 grain arrow, um, whether even for antelope here, I mean, I'll use the same thing throughout the entire season, but, um, and then I'm a, I'm just a huge fan of fixed broadheads, big fixed broadheads. Um, not that there's anything wrong with mechanicals. They, they work just fine. Um, but I just, I'm almost on I just like things, I, I don't want any failures while I'm out there, you know? Yeah. And I think for, for an elk, you know, or a bear, especially if, you know, if you're getting a little close to that shoulder, like for me, big, heavy arrows with, uh, a big cut on contact broadhead is, is what I usually stick with.
1: Got it. Yeah. That makes a whole lot of sense. I mean, I, I use mechanicals for a long time, but, uh. You know, the last couple of years I've switched back to fixed blades. I just, I like, I like the idea of nothing can go wrong and they're going to, they're going to punch <laughs> yeah. through a lot better and, and get more penetration in a lot of ways. So, uh, I'm with you there fixed, fixed all the way.
0: <laughs> yep, absolutely. And, and I've had some, I've had some, you know, I've had a few times where I was definitely glad, you know, you know like I said, things happen. Um, you hunt long enough it'll happen to anybody but um there's times where i'm i'm positive if i didn't have a a fixed blade broadhead on that uh, the outcome would have been a little different thankfully uh thankfully everything was
1: all animals were recovered and things worked out great for sure awesome cool so uh as far as spring bear hunting in montana what what are the season dates and and do you know um, approximately what a non-resident bear tag is for spring bear in Montana?
0: So I'm going to make a few things up here because I don't know, but (laughs) uh, the the season, the majority of the season, it's kind of mixed. Um, We have April 15th through, I believe, May 31st. And then there's parts of the state that are April 15th through June, I believe, 15th. So you kind of have to look in the regs and figure out where you're at and if it's a quota area and all that. And then as far as a non-resident Black Bear tag, I don't know. I want to say 250 to 400, but it could be – I'm probably way off on that number, <laughs> to be honest
1: got it well something something to look up for sure i mean um most states they seem like they're pretty reasonable i know like i know like i i think i looked at idaho um one year and i know they have some units where they are overpopulated and they listed them as a certain like I don't know some sort of deeming them a special unit where they were basically trying to give them away, but I'm pretty sure like non-residents were only like fifty bucks for a for a bear tag in, in those specific units because they just want to knock down the numbers. So um, that's uh, I, I know a lot of states it's not too outrageous to get a bear tag because of that you know aspect tied to them. So that's pretty cool.
0: Yeah, sure. I don't, you know, Montana's kind of expensive on everything and uh, especially non-resident, our deer and elk tags. So um, I think the bear is probably up there as well. And, and like I said, I could be way off, but if I was to bet, I'd say it's, uh, it's probably one of the more expensive states <laughs> for a non-resident. <laughs>
1: so. Got it. Got it. Well, hey, quality over uh, quantity. That's what keeps it good, right? There you go, for sure. <laughs> yep. So, have you, uh, as far, I know we kind of touched on, you know, maybe some grizzly encounters before uh, in Alaska with the lower 48, but have you had any kind of sketchy, high-stress situations when you've been black black bear hunting?
0: You know, um, I can't say I have, to be honest. Uh, I would love to tell you there's been something, you know, some great story, but um, no, like I said, I, I don't really hunt black bears in grizzly country just and not that they're not in there because they are but you just you just don't find as many um black bears when you're in grizzly grizzly country but i haven't i I definitely have you know like i said elk and and moose hunting but as far as uh um black bear hunting and having any kind of issue or run-ins with grizzlies i haven't and i'm sure there are people that probably do and like i said the southwestern part of the state that uh, the black bear hunt down there but I personally have not
1: got it got it. Well cool. Well um yeah, Jason, I think we've covered quite a bit. I mean, I I've learned a lot. I, I really liked, you know, you going around and knocking on doors that makes a whole lot of sense. Um, you know, and it's also a way to kind of start building a relationship with those certain ranchers and 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 landowners to maybe get your foot on the door for maybe some shed hunting spring turkey and you never know where it may lead so i i really really like that tip that was that was really cool
0: yeah and actually what you just said that that has opened up doors for us before you know you yeah there's a south south uh, southeastern montana um, we have the custer forest down here and it's actually pretty good bear hunting but there's a lot of private and that's where kind of it all started for us knocking on doors and while we were down there you do build relationships with these people that are you know there's landowners that are allowing you to hunt and after you you know you come down and visit a couple of years and maybe take a bear off their property wherever it may be um you know like you said it, it does open up other doors it, And it we've shed hunted we've turkey hunted and then it's allowed us to elk hunt too so yeah that's uh That's definitely a bonus of of, of knocking on doors and and building that relationship. So,
1: that's real cool, real cool. Well, good deal, Jason. Well, we'll certainly. I know, I know you're you know big into all sorts of hunting with you know different trips and different game species. So, we'll definitely have to have you back on the show at some point. Talk some deer, elk, moose, whatever. Um, I'd, I'd love to have you back on if you're up for it.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely, and I'm sure that there is just a ton that we had we've missed here. I'm <laughs> just trying to go 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 through it all and throw out any tips or think of any uh, you know anything from past years that I could add. And uh, like I said, I'm sure we
1: or I have uh,
0: missed quite a few things, but uh, well, hopefully we covered or at least touched on most of it here.
1: Oh yeah, for sure, for sure. <laughs> well, cool, Jason. Well, it's great talking with you, and uh, appreciate you coming on, and and we'll talk at you soon. All right.
0: Yeah no,
1: thanks for having me on, Adam. I appreciate it. All right, and there it is, another episode in the books. Thanks again to Jason for coming on the show. I sure did learn a lot. I wish Colorado had a spring bear season because if they did, I'd probably be out this next weekend chasing some bears. But instead, I'll have to just wait till the fall when they roll around and and maybe catch one then. But it was cool, man. I, I you know spring bear hunting is something I've thought about for a while and. It would be cool, you know, to hunt them in Canada or you know, hunt them out of a tree stand, or whatever. But I've never really been that big on the idea of hunting over bait and you know, kind of waiting for them in a in a stand with with a pile of donuts in front of me. <laughs> it sounds like you know, here in the West, you're definitely it's that more interactive western hunt where you're glassing you're putting on the miles you're checking out the next ridge uh, the next basin trying to locate that bear and, and and that sounds a lot like what Jason's doing so that's that's interesting to me that sounds like a, a true challenge and you know maybe one of these years I'll get up to Idaho or Montana and and, and do it myself so pretty cool hope you guys learned a lot. Before we drop off here, make sure you check out transitionwild.com if you're planning on hunting Colorado for elk this coming season in 2019. Go to transitionwild.com, subscribe, and download the Colorado Beginner Elk Hunting Guide for free. It's essentially a 10-page guide. It's going to walk you through scouting, uh, gear, you know, when to hunt, season dates, draw statistics, um, you know, you name it. It's it's in there. It's going to get you started with all things hunting elk in Colorado. So make sure you do that. Go subscribe. I will send you that for free. All right. Big thanks to our title sponsor, Expedition Archery. Check them out, expeditionarchery.com. And a new partner of the podcast, Skull Brew Coffee. If you guys haven't checked them out, go check them out, skullbrewcoffee.com. Percentage of each sale goes back to conservation. Pretty interesting there and uh definitely give them some love really really good stuff so again thanks again for tuning in and talk to you soon